Hello, welcome or welcome back. My name's Steve Thomas, and this is Cacophony. Mailing, my wife was humming a bit of Beethoven's Eighth Symphony at Emmy as I popped out of the room this morning. By the time I was back from getting things for breakfast, it was well and truly inside my head, and I was thinking how much I wanted to put it on Cacophony. And I think I only heard eight notes or so, and she doesn't even remember humming it, so it might even have been something else, but it did for me. And first of all, I was just going to play the middle two movements. But the whole piece only lasts 25 minutes, in good hands, so I think we should listen to all of it. I say that, if you're listening to Cacophony with little people, that might be a bit much. So remember that you're in control, you don't have to listen to it all in one go, or all of it for that matter. And in fact, I'm going to split the introduction into two sections too, which might be helpful. You can decide how you want to listen, and that goes for everything. Born 250 years ago, 1770, Beethoven's serious, right? He's the giant of music. Big music, lofty ideals, carrying a weight of struggle and humanity on his shoulders. Well, not always. In some respects, this symphony is Beethoven letting his hair down, and it's often considered to be lightweight in comparison to most of the others. But apart from being shorter, I think this is still one hell of a ride. It's full of drama, intensity, tension, excitement. It's fun, yes. Joyful, absolutely. Lightweight, I really don't think so. Here's a story about how people will make stuff up to deny reality and convince themselves that their views are correct with a little side order of dodgy business dealing. In 1815, Beethoven's friend Malzell patented the metronome, the wind-up device that beats time for you and lets you set the beats per minute of your music. And he didn't invent it. He stole the metronome idea from a guy called Winkel, made one or two changes, attached his name to it, and brought the patent to it. But Beethoven loved it. He really wanted to be able to specify more accurately how he wanted his music to go. Because the commonly used Italian phrases, things like allegro for fast, allegretto for a little bit less fast, allegro man on troppo, fast, but not too much, andante, walking pace, but whose, left too much room for interpretation. So much so, he went back and added metronome marks to all the major pieces that he'd already published, essentially giving beats per minute figures. Beethoven was very bad-tempered, and there's a letter he wrote to one of his pupils after his performance of his piano and wind quintet. It's a sort of apology for flying off the handle at the end of the gig. I can't see you today, but tomorrow I will come and talk to you. I burst yesterday, and I was very sorry once it had happened, but you'll have to forgive an author who would rather hear the work as he had written it, regardless of how well you played. So he really wanted to help the musicians to know what he wanted. And here's the crazy thing. For years, in the early 20th century, once Beethoven was dead long enough, and musical tastes had sort of romanticised, orchestras had become bigger, and people were beginning to record these pieces, people ignored the metronome marks. Beethoven's music was serious, heavyweight, demanded respect, and all that meant heavy, slow tempo. Because his metronome markings were all pretty quick, sometimes very. And conductors in particular thought that the tempi were just too fast for musicians to play. And serious musicians, in order to justify their decisions, decided that Beethoven's metronome must have been broken. That was easier than questioning their own interpretations. Thankfully, 
about 40 years ago, people began to take an interest in this thing called historically informed performance. And gradually Beethoven was transformed back into this lean, agile machine. And playing his music at the requested speed fills it with energy and life. I say all this here because the second movement of this symphony is widely thought to be a homage to Beethoven's friend Marzell and his metronome. It's got an insistent clockwork beat. But it may be that this was written before the metronome was even a thing. One of the really annoying things about cacophony is that I check knowledge that I've held in my brain for years and years and years about pieces. And then it turns out there's almost always no truth in them and that new research debunks the story. Anyway, this second movement, which is where a slow movement would normally go, is quite quick. It's also light, fun, playful. I love the way Beethoven passes little phrases between the strings and the winds and back again, and he's always switching his dynamics. And there are these fantastic interjections that are like a little shiver of energy that runs through the music. But before all that, there's a joyful first movement. Symphonies often had a slow introduction at this time, but here Beethoven dives into the pool straight away with music that instantly makes you smile. But in the course of developing his musical ideas, it gets pretty intense. He really racks up the tension with insistent, sometimes jarring interjections from the horns and trumpets. And all this works so much better when the music is played fast at the speed that Beethoven wanted. And then that makes the release when he brings the joyful first tune back all the more greater. Beethoven really knew what he was doing. It's great stuff. So click on the links below to have a listen to some music, or the whole thing if you fancy, because it's all there, or the next podcast to get the rest of the introduction before you listen to music. And always remember to give us a like, comment, share and subscribe. Come back for more next time. Thanks for listening.